promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus himself stood among the disciples and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated and let us pray. Gracious God, send forth your spirit by the power of your word to create faith, to forgive sin, and to grow our love for you and for one another. Amen. Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Elijah McCoy was born in 1844 in Canada to uh, runaway slaves. And being that it, he, he made his way up through the, uh, they, they made their way up through the Underground Railroad, and then eventually made their way to Michigan, right over the border there. And eventually he found his way to Scotland for education. And he went there and he got trained in as a mechanical engineer. And then he comes back to America, being that it's the 1850s and 60s, he could only find a job as a black American as a fireman on a steam engine, basically shoveling coal, even though he's trained as an engineer. But he also happened to have a shop at his house. He eventually had 57 patents under his name. One of those being this self-lubricating oil system that made it so that on those steam engines, the engineers didn't have to worry about oiling the engine themselves, it would do it on its own. And so every time an engineer would come across a new engine, they would ask the simple question of, does it have the real McCoy system? And that's the story anyways. They wanted something real, they didn't want a copy, and that hence is from where we get that phrase, the real McCoy. At least that's what the apocryphal tales tell us. This idea of the real deal, right? 
We want the real thing. We, we don't want an imposter. We want something that's been patented. We want the name brand thing. So like we want real Coke, right? Classic Coke. We, 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 we want, you know, Nikes, not Nikes or, or whatever we might find from somewhere else. Uh, we want Kraft cheese. Well, maybe not Kraft cheese, but you know what I mean. Not Walmart brand. Not, well, maybe Costco brand. No, not Costco brand. We don't want the off brands. We want the name brand because we want something that we can trust. We want something that we can hold on to that we know is true, that we know is solid because someone's put their name on it. Someone has said, I, I trust in what it is that I have made. I trust in what it is that I have done so you can trust me because I've put my name on this thing. Well, it's interesting to hear that story and, and to understand those things about us when with the, the dawn of the internet, we basically now live in a world in which we enjoy satirizing our attempts at making copies of things. I think of the fact it's one of those more enjoyable things to go online on the internet and look up Pinterest fails. Anybody do that before? Hashtag nailed it. You go on there and you'll see someone will have found on Pinterest like a sheep cake. Like it quite literally looks like a sheep. And then they try to make it and it doesn't look at all like a sheep. Looks like a sheep, maybe from Chernobyl. I don't know. And then they hashtag, nailed it. Look what I did on a Sunday afternoon with my three-year-old. Woohoo! Never knowing that, that the person that created that thing, that crafted that thing, that got the picture on Pinterest, probably spent hours, days, weeks, months, years, blood, sweat, and tears to be able to make that thing. And we go, oh, pfft. I'll make that in an afternoon, not a problem. We have all these shoddy attempts and we have an imaginative start to what it is that we're doing and then we just utterly fail. And we actually glory in that. We go, look at how bad I am at this sort of a thing. Well, in some ways, I guess in all ways, that's the way life actually is for us. We speak of life, this life, whatever it might be, this, this life that we want, this physical existence, this, this real life, whatever that means, and we want more of it. And we'll take whatever we can get to be able to have it. Most of us are taking medication or exercising or eating right or whatnot because we want to do that. Uh, we've talked about it before. We wear our masks because we want to, to do that. Uh, uh, we get vaccinated because we want to do that. But it's been so clung to, this idea of, of extending our own lives, our own physical existence, that now today, Silicon Valley is investing millions, if not billions of dollars, generating capital in order to be able to do it, to, to put money into the goal of reversing aging. It was actually in an article in Newsweek. Did you see it? Front page said young blood on the front. And there was a whole article about how we have scientists working on trying to reverse the aging process. And you get done reading it and you think, we've basically just gone back in time and are attempting to be medieval vampires. There's quite literally a picture almost of bathing in the blood of your younger enemies. It's going to make you, make you younger and stronger and, and, and bolder. Never thinking that basically all we've done is forgotten what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. What was old has become new again. Because we just forget that we've tried to live forever and it just doesn't seem 
to work. So I was reading this article and thinking about the fact that it came out basically right at Easter, this idea of extending life. And you read the article and it talks about how they're, they're wanting to take plasma from younger volunteers and, and, and um, extract from that uh, microscopic molecules that they think they can then inject into older people and reverse the aging process. It's magic, special, dangerous, I think. They interviewed a, a scientist, one, one of the many scientists they interviewed, Tony uh, Vizcaré, where he took blood from younger mice and he injected it into older mice, and the older mice seemed to have more energy and they seemed to uh, live healthier lives and all those things, because you know we're just like mice. But he, he, he follows under the science called gyroscience that seeks to understand, this is his quote, seeks to understand molecular and cellular mechanisms that make aging a major risk factor and driver of common chronic conditions and diseases of older adulthood. Basically looking at life, and as we get older, we have a greater chance of getting sick, correct? So instead of taking care of the illness, they just say, oh, we'll just take care of the aging process. That'll be easier. Just take out the middleman altogether. Their goal, it said, is to hack the process of aging itself and in that process delay or stave off the onset of many of the diseases most associated with growing old. The logic being, age means disease, disease means death. So instead of trying to treat the disease, we're going to just try and stop aging and then we won't have to worry about the disease and then we won't die. Another scientist went on to say, well, the main risk factor for cardiovascular disease is aging, but we cannot, he was being sarcastic, we cannot change aging, so let's talk about cholesterol and or obesity. Or he says, for Alzheimer's, aging is the main risk factor, but let's talk about the buildup in the brain of beta amyloid proteins. And then he said, now that is beginning to change. He says, aging drives disease, and that's our point. If we stop aging, it stops driving the diseases. And then they go on to say, getting old usually doesn't end well. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. That's this. And then I love this quote. You have no idea how many people are interested in investing money in longevity. No, I think I do. I think if any of us were told, if you just write this check, I think there's many of us who would do that. An idea of just investing money the idea of capturing the uh, fountain of youth, or uh, what did Jim Croce say? If I could save time in a bottle, right? Now you're going to be singing that song all day. You're welcome. We do what we think we can, and basically we're just grasping at straws, hoping that, that we, can, we can stave off our greatest fear, and we have no sure footing on it. They have no guarantee of where the science may lead, we just basically see what happened in Genesis 3, and we're doing it all over again, playing God. Thinking that we can mess with time, we can mess with matter, we can mess with life itself, all in denial of our own mortality, which was what happened with that tree in Genesis 3. The devil comes and says, oh, if you eat this, you'll become like God. That didn't bode so well for us. And so that's why we have our text this morning from Jesus. Jesus shows up 
And he comes to us with his wounds and all to be the physical, actual Jesus we need. Name brand Jesus, the real McCoy Jesus, not any sort of fake Jesus that they might try and package in a little bottle to say, oh, if you just drink this, you're going to live forever. No, he's this bodily risen, physical, real resurrected Jesus. Not just some spiritual animation, not some astral projection or or a picture of, of reincarnation. No, real physical Jesus. He says, touch me and see. He says, give me some fish to eat. I'm going to show you that I am alive. Why? Because death is real. It's physical. It happens. And because death is real and physical, we need a real, true, actual resurrection. We can't have real victory over real death without a real risen Jesus, which means then we rise too on that last day. Because a real resurrected Jesus gives us a real hope. True, real life in Jesus that comes to us, that that wins for us over the true, real presence of death. I love those words, touch me and see, hold on to me. Look at the fact that I am real. See my wounds. The wounds that, that, that defeated death. No need for special plasma or a magic pill. Just Jesus. Isn't that what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15? He says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That something happened on that cross, but happened even more with the empty tomb, a real, actual, physical resurrection that's the real McCoy name-brand Jesus that we need. I love that he says, See my wounds, those, those wounds that, that pardon our sin, those wounds that he holds up in the face of, of the Father when we stand before him one day and says, no, that, that one, Daddy, I bought that one too. Look, here, I'll show you. The wounds that prove he died and the wounds that prove he is now risen and constantly are crucified and risen Jesus, a body that is alive to prove that victory is won. So church, I say abide there. Make a home there. Hold on to Christ in all things because it doesn't take more than a mere millisecond for us to leave and have our fears come over us. And 1 John 3 has always bothered me because it has that one verse, verse 6, where it says, no one who abides in him sins. And I always sit here and go, wow. That was used dangerously when I was a kid. Saying, oh well, if you sin, you're not in Jesus. Yeah, you, oh, you've got to fix that. When actually what John is telling us is saying, no, if you are living, dwelling in Christ, even when you sin, it's covered in his blood. Covered in him. So that your identity is in this Christ, this risen Christ, so that then where he is, you will be also. Because he lives, you will live also. And so you see his wounds and, and, and you know him for the Jesus that you need. The wounds that flow over you that take your guilt away, that wipe out those sins that Peter talks about in our Acts reading. So abide there. Live there. Make a house there. Dwell there. That's what that word means, abide. Not in any fakery or falsehood, not in in fear or doubt, but believe that in Him you have life, the living, physical Jesus. 
And that's a good place to be because when death does come, when illness comes, when another pandemic comes, whatever it might be, and, and it wants to scare you to take your life away, you can say, take your best shot. Go ahead. But I have a risen Christ. I am his. He is mine. I may suffer for a moment, but I have eternity waiting in him. Because we're a moment, but he is forever. And all other things, all else is sinking sand. We sing that, don't we? Sinking sand, like sand flowing through our fingers. Things that we cannot hold on to. Things that are not solid. Things that are not true. But our Jesus is. Our physical, living, real McCoy Jesus. The name brand Jesus. And that's why the resurrection matters. We need that physical Christ. Again, from Paul, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And with that again, I say, thanks be to God. Amen.